stuff. Welcome to episode 13 of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. Thanks so much for joining me today. I'm your host, Mike Mason. We have a great show. We have Jack Foreman from Recess Monkey. They just put out a brand new album on Amazon Music called Novelties. You should check that out. It's the day after Father's Day, and we have a great show for you. We hear from Uncle D and... Auntie C, that's right, Auntie Good Stuff. They take me through on uh, on some things I'm not necessarily familiar with. Something called something called Bumble and something called Tinder, which I am so glad I never had to do with. Of course, we'll have a four plus one segment. Hope you enjoy today's show. We'll talk to you at the end. Welcome to a very special episode of 4 Plus 1. Special because I didn't have any kids in the car with me all week. That means that the songs that we're going to hear today are the ones that I choose. Still kid-centered, but some of the ones that I actually think are pretty good. We'll start with New Shoes by Blitz and Trapper. If you've listened to the show before, you know that Blitz and Trapper is one of my favorite bands, and their song New Shoes is a great kid song that you can tolerate as a parent. Three is Jellyman Kelly by Mates of State. Jellyman Kelly is a song I remember from when I was a kid, and Mates of State is a band that I've liked for a long time. Hope you enjoy. Here's a story about Jellyman Kelly. He loves Jelly the most. Oh, but most of all, Jellyman Kelly loves Jelly on toast. And here's a part about Jenny Number two needs almost no introduction whatsoever. It's by the band Cake, which is another one of my all-time favorite bands. And this is the Muppets classic, Mana Mana. Number one is I'm Not Sleeping In Because It's Saturday by The Verve Pipe. Yeah, that's right. The Verve Pipe. You remember them from the song Freshman. Well, they've put out two kids' albums. Check this one out. And then our plus one this week. Since I'm home alone on this Saturday morning, I was thinking about what I used to do on Saturday mornings. I used to play a lot of Madden video games. I love playing John Madden football. And this song is one that was in, I think it was maybe even Madden 2005 or something like that. And I always thought this song was pretty clever. It's Back in the Mud by Bubba Sparks. That's going to do it for 4 Plus 1 this week. If you liked what you heard, you can find this music on Amazon, Spotify, or Apple Music. Support these artists.
Oh, what do you want from a beard face? Do you really have a beard face? Are you going full bore beard face? I mean, I'm going to trim it. I'm going to do like a weekly a weekly trim. Keep it about this length. Yeah. And I'll just be a professional beard face. Here we are with Uncle D. Uncle D. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, We're here. We have, there's something important to talk about here. So you, yeah. you're just telling me that you went out to a bar last night with a single friend. First yeah. of all, uh, what's a bar? <laughs> <laughs> no, but but your single friend was trying to trying to talk to some some lady folk. Yeah. Some some single lady folk good stuffs and. Uh, <laughs> And so in my day, not that I ever did this, but you would go out and you would try to get someone's number. So yeah. like, so like, what is the well, now? Now you actually just go. You try to get their Snapchat info. <laughs> That's what you do. Yeah, you go, you go and you try to get their snap their snap. I mean, I wouldn't know because I'm I'm married. Oh yeah, but that's right. what he tells me is that's that you. you. Is that you go and you just try to get their Snapchat. And then you just try to Snapchat and have snaps and chats. And that's that's how it works these days. I think that's how it works, yeah. Wow. Um, that sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> Luckily, I don't have to do it. Right. And he's like showing us. He's like, he, he was over with, uh, and Carly was there. And he, Car- he and Carly are like looking through um, the the apps, like the Tinder and uh-huh. uh and and Bumble, it just it seems difficult. I don't know how people do it. It's a bum. What is bum? I don't even know. But I think I know. Oh, you're not up on the terms. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I've been married for like eight years. <laughs> uh, Tinder's the one, like just the one where you can talk to anybody, and then Bumble, like the girl has to to start the conversation. Oh, okay. So there's a. It's like a Sadie Hawkins app. <laughs> I don't even know what a Sadie Hawkins is. Sadie Hawkins, a Sadie Hawkins dance is when the girl asks asks the boy to go to the dance. It's, yes, guess exactly. Who, uh, guess who never got asked to go to a Sadie Hawkins <laughs> dance? <laughs> Auntie, good stuff. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good. Moving a little slowly. We had we were we were up pretty late last night. What's what's the uh, what's pretty late? What's the definition of pretty late? Well, actually, I fell asleep probably at ten, <laughs> and then and then and then Danny here went out with his friends, uh-huh. and then I was awoken when he got home. So then I have to you know I'm awake. I got to make sure he's he's okay. He had fun, and then I. Then I go back to sleep after that. Yeah. So when you say make sure he's okay, like just make sure he had like a, so like a snack and like a drink of milk or exactly. Something like that. Yeah. I'm like, please make sure you drink lots of water uh-huh. and at least have some sort of snack. Wow. Okay. Uh-huh. Because you've been. Playing and then I'm like, friends. maybe you should shower before you get into bed. <laughs> so you're, what you're telling us is that Uncle D can be a little stinky sometimes. Yeah, I mean, you go out to the bars, it's a warm night. Like, I think a shower, like washing your face would be nice to your wife. No. <laughs> I um, refuse. So, anti-good anti stuff, anti-Carly, yeah. I have to ask you something really important. There's something okay. growing on Uncle D's face. There is. And, there is. And I think the technical term for that is a beard. So, do you sign off on this beard growage? Yeah, I actually, I actually like it. I think it makes him look a little bit more mature. Um, it's getting a little lengthy right now, uh-huh. but so we may need to do some trimmage later. Uh huh. Uh huh. 
But I do like the look on his face. You do like the look on his mm-hmm. face. And I definitely sign off. This oh. is a signed off He definitely face. gets my opinion. This is a stamped and approved beard face. Yes, 100%. <laughs> 100% stamped and approved. So mm-hmm. um, I had a follow-up question, but I, I think I forgot it. So that's fine. So anti-good anti stuff. What yeah. Are, what are you going to do today? Today, we, we, we woke up late and we had some breakfast. And then I'm going to go work out and then maybe sit by the pool. Well, that sounds like a nice day. Yeah, it's going to be a very relaxing day. And then Danny and I are going to go have dinner with your mother and father and your sister and your Uh brother-in-law. So that'll be nice. Oh, very nice. Okay. Yeah. It sounds like a great day. Great day ahead of us. Great day. And it's only it's and it's twelve o'clock already, so we better get moving on our day. Uh oh, better get moving. You hear that, Uncle D? I don't want to. He doesn't want to leave. Uncle D doesn't want to leave the couch today. I don't blame Uncle D. I have to say, but it's a beautiful day, so we got to get moving and get some sun. Is Uncle D? Are you going to work out? Yeah, I'll work out. Yeah, I'll work out. Ask He's me. really, really excited about yeah. it. Uncle D, ask me if I'm going to work out, and I'm going to do my Uncle D impression. Are you gonna Are you going to work out? Yeah, I'm going to work out. <laughs> Mike, what's your healthy helper of the day? My healthy helper of the day, like yeah. in terms of what I'm going to eat today, that's healthy. Yeah. Well, so since I'm home alone, I'm probably not going to eat anything until maybe three o'clock, <laughs> and then I'll probably. Uh, either order some Chinese food or make something on the grill. But no vegetables. Did you, have co- did you at least have coffee yet I have this morning? I have not even had coffee yet. The only thing I've done so far today is call you guys. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yep. That's the maze. Gonna... You are two hours before us, so you're really on the same page as we are today. Yeah. It's, it's 10 a.m. Uh, here. It, it goes... Are we still recording? Yeah. It's 10 a.m. here at Good Stuff Manor. <laughs> you can't, you like, can't trust This can't is going to be a him. long episode. No, I'm, I'm going to edit it. It's, I'm going to edit some of it. I think that the debut of anti-good stuff is very, it's very important. Because I need a female correspondent. So I think that's you, Carly. I think yeah. that's definitely what me. Did you, so what did you, Carly, what did you think uh, when you were, were looking, when you were trying to help my friend with the the dating apps yesterday. Yeah, all I can tell you about dating app is that I feel so fortunate that I never had to deal with that. But it is quite it's quite a you know an ordeal going through these um, these apps and you just swipe left, swipe right, and like you look at them and you they have like nothing on their profiles. It's very it's like hey I'm. I'm Kaylee, and I went to Wisconsin. And it's like, well, what's your profession, Kaylee? Like, what do you do for a living? So you know know nothing. This is completely based on looks, essentially. It's it is. I mean, uh, yeah, a thousand percent based on looks. And then the funniest is when you come across these these girls that have like a photo of like them with their dad and their in their app photo. You know, it's like. What are you trying to say? Like, I want to know what you look like. And then there's like a picture of this one girl and her four best friends, and you don't know who who the girl is that you're swiping. It's very complicated. That is like, complicated. But there's probably a strategy. Do you, do you think there's like a strategy involved for for girls who put their pictures of them with their dads? 
There must be. And like the girls that put a photo of them with like their niece or nephew or their dog. Like they're trying to tell us that they're sensitive and they come from a loving family. Um, and that's a good thing, right? That's a good thing. I just thing. tell Danny yeah. that how lucky he is. Yeah, he's he well, is, for a number of reasons. A, because he doesn't have to do dating apps. But B, because he married a lovely, kind, caring, family-focused, family-centered, healthy person. Yeah. Uncle D. Who loves who loves a beard face. Who loves, loves a, beard a beard face, who keeps you on your toes. Yeah. And he makes sure you have a very productive day. Yeah. I think I that's do not want to have a productive day. I don't blame you. All right, you guys have a productive day. I'm not going to have a productive day at all. Good stuff. I'm here with Jack from Recess Monkey. Jack, it's so good to see you and talk to you. Um, we we kind of just dove right in, so we'll we'll just continue the conversation. You know, thanks like, for having me. Your house is much nicer than mine. <laughs> I don't know. I see pianos back there. Those are just two pictures. <laughs> well, for for those of you who are listening, um, yeah, I mean, we, we're we're doing all right, I guess. It's it's a pretty good thing. So, um, Jack, you're in Recess Monkey, but you're uh-huh. not the only monkey in Recess Monkey. Tell tell me a little bit about your bandmates. Yeah, there are three of us. So Drew is our lead singer um, and guitarist, and he and I met teaching at the same school together about 16 years ago. Um, uh, Wow, time flies. Uh, Yeah, it was the summer of 2000, and I actually interviewed him for his first teaching job at the school where we both taught together for a number of years, (laughs) you know, having no idea that not only was I interviewing a colleague, but also potentially a band member. So, you know, a a co-musician. so it didn't take long for us to start uh, making indie music. We played in a couple of different bands around the kind of indie circuit around Seattle. But that's a hard life to live, mm-hmm. you know, teaching in the classroom the next day and loading out of a gig at three in the morning, yeah. you know, like yeah. four, four hour bookends to your yeah. day like that. That would, can't last for long. So on a whim, we started making music for kids um, about 11 years ago. And uh, it soon became Recess Monkey and it was... You know, very organic, humble beginnings, but it's amazing how quickly things moved and how much fun we've been having since then. And our drummer, Coram, joined the band about three and a half years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's now on four records and, you know, we play a little over 100 shows a year. He's a drum teacher, um, has kids of his own. So, you know, we very much found a kindred spirit in him. That's great. I mean, so you you all are prolific. Um, Yeah. So so you've put out... I think it's 12 albums. Is that we're sitting on number 13. It comes out in two weeks. We'll we'll, we'll get there. Well, we'll get there. Um, so 12 albums. Um, that's, uh, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty incredible output. Pretty incredible. Yeah. It's, um, it's a pleasure to listen to all them. Are they, I picked up, right. So I want to hear it from you, but I picked up that there's thematic elements to each of them. Like, yeah, yeah. we started doing that. Our second record um, was called Aminal House, intentionally uh-huh. misspelled the way that a lot of kids say the word animal. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, it was 20 songs about animals. Um, and that was a long, I mean, that was 2005 that we recorded, or 2006 maybe. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we were just getting our feet wet and, uh, you know, we shouted out to the Beatles on that record. By We made the cover look like Sgt. Pepper's and kids <laughs> cut out little figurines of themselves and we superimposed ourselves oh, over nice. them in Photoshop. Oh. Um, yeah, so that the first record before that was sort of just loosely kid-themed. There were no grand aspirations. But nearly every single record since then, we've had kind of a larger umbrella theme. Not too heavy-handed, like we're not interested in... Um, that animal record felt a little too heavy handed. Like every song is about an animal, mm-hmm. you know, some of the, I mean, it was a great learning experience, but we wanted something that was a loose way to configure all the records together. 
and maybe like a, an aesthetic treatment, you know, um, like our album, the final frontier was very much synthetic, like lots of kind of Prince era funk and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, eighties synth and things like that, like a very metallic sounding kind of record, Mm -hmm. very, uh, uh, very inorganic, I guess. Um, and other records, uh, like desert Island disc, we wanted that record to sound like what would happen if you were on a beach. So all the instruments were made out of wood. There's very little electricity used in that. Mm -hmm. Um, so these sort of big open-ended concepts where, you know, in a record about underwater, we have a song called Shrimp. It's not about a shrimp at all. It's about being short, uh, which I am, so I can speak from experience. Um, but, uh, you know, it still kind of fits within that world, um, a way to loosely connect all the songs together and help us think about songs in a different way, maybe. That, that's, that's awesome. Um, so the Field Trip album, that's... Uh, yeah. That, I think that one, I mean... I love all of your music, but there's like three songs in a row that I just think are so outstanding. And I, I just want to talk to you a little bit about them. Um, yeah. Start, starting with Sack Lunch. When uh-huh. I first heard that, I was like, this is a, I was listening to a lot of Vampire Weekend, you know, no, like, totally, so, totally. right. So I picked up that there might be a little bit of that kind of like, I don't Afro pop kind of vibe to that song. It just, it, it like hit, hit in all the right spaces. So tell me a little bit about the, the creation of that song. Yeah, I'm not sure to what extent Vampire Weekend was on our minds when we wrote and recorded that song, but definitely when it was said, it was like, oh, come on, this is a Vampire Weekend song, you know? Like, it just, right. you know, um, that song's interesting, too, because it features the Northwest Boy Choir, um, oh. which I was a member of when I was a kid. So we actually went to one of their uh, rehearsals and taught them the song, and they sang it. So that la, 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 oh, thing nice. that goes through the end. Um, yeah. yeah, that's like 40 kids. Um, uh, and what's interesting is we were in Washington, D.C., the summer after releasing Field Trip. This is crazy. Uh-huh. We were recording, re- shooting a video for Sack Lunch. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen that video, but have, there's yeah. a, a video of Drew wearing a, a giant paper bag walking uh-huh. around the National Monuments in D.C. Yeah. And we got to the Capitol building, and Vampire Weekend was there shooting a video. Oh, no way. Like like the the, the band Vampire <laughs> Weekend, they yeah, were there. Yeah. We totally recognized them right away. I mean, they have no idea who we are at all. Well, but, um, yeah. We were both there in D.C. at the same time shooting a video for Songs of Ours. So, yeah, wow. there's, there's some kind of connection there. there. That's, that's a really connection. Weird. I mean, it's not to say that... Uh, that that influence is huge, right? Like I think that what Vampire Weekend does is so unique and, and part of what's so um, inspiring to me about your music is that like every song is uh, is a pivot in a lot of ways. So like just moving through that that record, uh-huh. the next song is uh, Noctopus, right? Oh, yeah. And Noctopus, you know, so you go from this like very, so what I would call, I guess, like more groovy, kind of laid back to like what feels like a little bit more bluegrassy um, with like the, what I would call a little bit of a punky na-na section in there. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I just think that it, but they, they work together so well. So, oh, thank you. But what I want to know about that particular song is uh, there's some, some, uh, some jokes in there that I'd never heard before that, uh, that really kind of caught me. So who's the, uh, who's the stand-up that's doing the jokes during that, that track? That was me, um, uh-huh. and uh, I'm I'm pleased to know that there are some people in the world who have not heard those jokes because we we've, <laughs> we've played that song about 800 times now uh-huh. live. Uh-huh. We all know those jokes inside and out. Uh-huh. <laughs> we've heard we've heard those jokes enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one that I love is uh, Topeka. Topeka, oh, yeah. your nose. Topeka, to your nose. Yeah, oh, that's it. That's, that's the voice right there. Yeah, I love that's that. That's a great joke, too, because it's uh, it's like two jokes because it's, you know, making fun of Topeka and, uh-huh. and picking your nose. But also there's a Shakespeare illusion, you know? like there's, oh. that, That's like the perfect 
the, the perfect uh, uh, multi-leveled marketing, uh-huh. you know, yeah, yeah, like, the, like the great Warner Brothers cartoons. There's something in there for every age. Yeah, you're, hit, you're hitting the uh, the learned parents as well as people like me who just like picking their and nose And me, jokes. exactly, yeah. right? I just like talking about farts and nose picking. That's, what, that's, where, that's where my head is. I mean, like, let's be honest. Is there anything more in life? I don't know. Um, no, there's not. <laughs> there's not. So, and then the, uh, the song right after that um, is Haven't Got a Pet Yet. I actually, oh, yeah. My, um, my wife, I, I, in all transparency, I listened to that about five times in a row last night. Oh, right on. Um, awesome. And, uh, and by the way, no children anywhere nearby. I have three kids, <laughs> none of them anywhere near. I was just listening to it as I was thinking about what we would, what we would talk about. Um, and, but that's like a, like a total ska song. And totally. Like, yeah. And, 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 and like another amazing shift. And, uh, I, I just, I just think it's so great how you can move from song to song, especially those three in such different ways, but they're all like hit that sweet spot of like, this is appealing to kids, but it's also appealing to parents who may or may not know a lot about music. And I, and I think that that's a really special thing that you, you all, that you all bring. Yeah. Um, does your background as an educator, you mentioned that, um, you, you were a teacher before a, a recess monkey. Um, and, uh, how has that um, informed your songwriting? And I think even more so than that, I would think it would inform your performing. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, just taking a step back about those three songs in particular, yeah, and sure. it really, I'm really stoked to hear that Field Trip resonated with you. For I think our band, we think of that record as sort of our breakout album, even uh-huh. though we had had four albums before that. That was the first one where I think we felt like we were hitting on all years. Mm-hmm. And as we look back through our catalog, frankly, that's the first record that we're not like embarrassed by. <laughs> I mean, truly, I mean, truth be told, I mean, I get, mm-hmm. I think that's how you know that you should keep making records is that you need to look back on your earlier work and go like, I don't know. That, I guess that passed back in 2007, you know, but mm-hmm. um, so that's nice to know that that record still yeah. resonates. We oh, still yeah. play a lot of those songs. Yeah. and. You know, we genre hop a lot in every record we do that, just bouncing from really different places musically. And part of that is the energy of just us as a band. We love to keep making music and push ourselves creatively. Um, That's why we put out so many records. And that's why on each one, we really like to, you know, kind of jump from place to place so quickly. Sequencing helps a lot. You know, there are certain orders of songs that just wouldn't work. But Mm -hmm. once the songs are done, we really put a lot of effort into arranging them correctly on the record so that mm-hmm. it, you know, it feels like a natural shift. It doesn't feel like ripping off the bandaid every time. Yeah. Um, but even, you know, to more answer your question, songs that are dissimilar can work together because I feel like the fundamental energy can be really similar. Um, so, oh, no problem. <laughs> Drop so, my pen. Uh-huh. Oh, good for you. I'm glad you, I'm glad you got it instead of writing with blood. Um, <laughs> The, you know, the, the fundamental energy of those songs, Haven't Got a Pet Yet, Sack Lunch, and Noctopus, though stylistically they're very different, tempo, arrangement, all that's different. You know, that really joyful, kid-centric energy is at the core of all those. And most of our songs, we have a few, you know, songs about sadder things or, you know, maybe a little bit more uh, melancholy topics that, you know, de- are definitely a part of childhood, too. And we don't want to give those short shrift. It's OK to feel sad about a lost pet sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's OK to feel left out and to, you know, uh, think about friendship and maybe some sadder ways. That's part of being a kid. But we're obviously drawn toward the more exciting, fun, you know, just sort of uh, just addictively exciting elements of childhood, which is what we all loved the most about teaching in our classrooms. Drew's still teaching now. I left five years ago when my son was born, but mm-hmm. you know, the, the best moments for all of us 
though it's really invigorating and rewarding to teach a kid one-on-one how to do a math equation um, and uh, the, the technical process of that, the really exciting thing is watching kids get excited. You know, we all happen to teach at a school where we could coach kids to get excited about learning. Um, and as teachers, we feed off that excitement. And live shows are the same way. That, mm-hmm. You know, kids start mirroring back the energy that we bring to a show. And it's this amazing feedback loop where it's like it would be rude. Uh, it would be a huge diss to not then mirror back to kids what we're seeing from them. Right. So it just keeps getting more amped and exciting. Uh-huh. Um, but that that core energy of childhood uh, we think it's crucial, you know, the element of play, uh, mm-hmm. being, you know, really geekily excited about something that <laughs> these are things that as adults, we forget, you know, like you get so run down by your to-do list or, you know, whatever you're doing, it, right. it's easy to lose sight of that stuff. But that joy, you know, from our perspective, that's why we're here on earth to begin with. So, mm-hmm. um, the, the more that we can mirror that back on kids, the more that we want to. Yeah. I mean, the, the sense of joy comes through and, and it's, it's a nice thing. I, I think you, you hit on a lot of stuff that's going on. You know, for for a lot of uh, I'll, I'll say folks our age who are parents yeah. and trying to juggle jobs and kids and all the things that we try to juggle, and I think to be reminded that life can be fun and joyful is a really important thing. Um, so you talked about sequencing. I've actually never talked to uh, to someone about what goes into sequencing an album or mm-hmm. or like what goes into like the the track. I mean, sequencing is the track order, right? For for those right. uh, for those not in in the know. So for you guys, is that a challenging piece of the puzzle, or is that simple when compared to like album artwork and and liner notes and things like that? Um, yeah, I don't know if it's hard or easy, but it's something we take really seriously for sure. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so to go even further for those who have never sequenced a record before, <laughs> um, and maybe not all bands are this way. You know, some bands write you know rock opuses where from start to finish those songs belong in a place and time. You know, like that this this is definitely the opener. This is definitely the second song, and they actually compose records at a time. We don't do that. We mm-hmm. we compose around ideas. You know, we'll pick an umbrella idea for a record. And we'll brainstorm 30, 40 ideas for songs within that. And then we'll all just kind of go off and start messing around, you know, experimenting and see which ones come more easily, which ones, you know, are really resonating with us. So then at the end of the process, we go into the studio, we record 18 songs, and then we cut those down to 14 or 15, and that's the record. But then you've got this puzzle, you know, you've got these 15, and we believe that some orders of those songs will work better than others. Um... But yeah, so one thing that's interesting is the opening song of a record, you know, that in some ways is kind of the thesis statement for the whole album. And you can take some lyrical things in particular. There's an energy of the song that matters. But lyrically, there are some some lyrical threads in that first song that as people listen to it, this is not just the song. This is the introduction to the record. And some of those lyrical threads, they're going to, that'll set the stage for the whole rest of the record in maybe ways that were even unintentional to that record. Mm-hmm. Um you know, like we had, uh, is that you blowing up or is yeah, that, that me? Yeah, that was me. Sorry about that. Oh, nice. The audio is so great here. I felt like that was in the room with me. Um, so on our new record novelties, which we're releasing in, gosh, uh, two weeks yeah. on uh, on Amazon Music, which is super exciting. Um, the first song of that record is called Every Flavor. Um, and it's, uh, you know, told from the perspective of the ice cream man who has actually 753 different kinds of popsicles in his ice cream truck. But... So that song is about ice cream and being excited about it. But it's also, if you take that first song as the thesis for the whole record, it's sort of promising this record is going to be full of lots of interesting, strange novelties, too. So 
you know, that's one interesting thing you do in sequencing. There are certain moments in the record where a song stands not just on its own, but it actually acts as the ombudsman for the rest of the album. Uh, so we really mess around a lot with like how that would work narratively. You know, we're all writers in addition to musicians. Uh -huh. um, we, we each have written, um, you know, poetry and prose and fiction. Uh -huh. um, so thinking about, you know, the, the, uh, the, the narrative component of the record is a really important thing for us, too. Mm -hmm. And that is just really, you know, we spend a lot of time just sort of, A, being lots of different things. Like, wow, number one really leads in well to these three songs. Let's think about this. Um, it would be nice for the record to have a dip in the middle. Let's think about which songs could kind of pull it back a little bit. You know, what, at what energy do we want the record to end? Do we want this to be an explosion? Do we want it to be, you know, sort of like a tender moment at the end? So those... Those kind of things. Um, and we just, you know, we create a master Pro Tool session and lay all the songs in and then just spend hours and hours until we get, you know, the sequence just right. Yeah. Um, are you, do you guys self-produce or do you work with a producer when you record? We've done it different ways. Um, this most recent record we self-produced, although we recorded uh, a large chunk of it with Johnny Brigar at his studio in Bainbridge uh -huh. Island. He's got a great in-the-room studio, meaning... Um, he is the engineers there at the board and we're just playing in the room with him. So there's not that separation that you've maybe seen in sound city, you know, the glass right. and the, what's being talked about on either side of that equation. Right. It's very, a homey kind of collaborative feel. Um, and there's some other people who do it that way. Dean Jones, who's produced a lot of great records. His studio is an in the room kind of room too. So it, you know, it feels like a workshop, less yeah. like a, a science lab. Right. Um, our last two records, we recorded more traditionally with a producer, uh, by the name of John Vanderslice. He's a guy in San Francisco, a singer-songwriter who we were all huge fans of. He's not a kid's musician, um, but he runs a really amazing all-analog studio in the Mission District called Tiny Telephone, uh -huh. full of just like every piece of gear, every instrument, every keyboard. They're all like stunning museum-quality examples of that thing. Uh -huh. And we recorded a two-inch tape. We had never done that before. So our previous two records we did that way. Um, the majority of our records we have self-produced like this most recent one novelties, but it's really fun to open up the ranks to somebody new who's going to throw something in that, or a way of thinking about music that keeps it fresh for us too. Right. right. It, it brings different ideas. Um, that, that's great. So I, I can't, I can't stop talking about recess monkey without addressing my absolute favorite, which we emailed a little bit about. And I am so thrilled to be on the line with the, the master of the fuzz bass in Orlando. Boom! Boom. Oh yeah! <laughs> I, I mean, Thank that you. song. We um, we stumbled upon that one. Uh, my son, who is six and a half, is like the biggest Star Wars fan. So oh, he's we, right in the pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's oh, he's right in the pocket. And uh, <laughs> so we um, heard it a lot. And but again, like stylistically, that's another huge departure um, because there's right. that that sort of like big bass that that kicks things off, and then the guitar solo is like. It, it fits. It feels loose. It feels good. It sounds good. Everything works together. And uh, it, that song must have come from someone who loves Star Wars. And oh, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking that you may be behind part of that. Is that Yeah, possible? hang on a second. Let me, let me grab my Stormtrooper to accompany <laughs> me for this, this conversation. Uh-huh. All right, here, oh, there here he is. is there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a Lando Calrissian, but I can maybe hang the Stormtrooper from my FaceTime uh, <laughs> thing here. There um, yeah, I wrote it. Uh, I'm a huge, huge fan of Empire Strikes Back. Uh, I think that movie is, I mean, that's like Godfather 2 level perfection. It's so good. It's so dark and uh, so different than A New Hope. Um, 
So I have watched that movie way more than the other two, and certainly more than the prequels, um, which I, I wish I could get that time back. I don't, even, I don't even know what you're talking about. That's yeah, uh-huh. I know. That, that never happened. Uh-huh. There are no prequels. Yeah, just write them. <laughs> this is revisionist Orwellian history. Just, let's take those out altogether. You heard it here first. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, um, you know, we were brainstorming uh, our record Hot Air. So that's mm-hmm. the one that we put out last year. And interestingly enough... Orlando almost didn't make it into the final record. Um, oh, wow. We were, I was actually the least interested in putting it on because it was so different than all the other songs, but we found a place that worked. It seemed, you know, well-timed because the new Star Wars movie was coming out, obviously. Um, and I was really happy with how it turned out. It just felt like, wow, this is, this song's different, you uh-huh. know, but that's probably a good sign that we had really pushed ourselves into a new territory. Um but yeah, we brainstormed the uh, the album Hot Air. All the songs have something to do with air travel, so our minds natu- naturally went to Cloud City. Mm-hmm. Um, and then thinking about Lando as you know the archetypal kind of weird friends, the friend that you're not totally <laughs> like you're drawn to him, but you know you've got a lot of shared history, but you're never quite sure if you can trust him. You know, like yeah. a lot of people have friends like that. Yeah. I certainly have friends like that. Like. You know, like for whatever reason, like, you know, bad things occasionally happen with this friend. Uh, And, you know, is is he on your side or not? So Lando was a really funny character to write about, I thought. Um, And I actually didn't watch. I wrote the song. I didn't spend any time watching Empire Strikes Back just because I feel like it's burned into my head. Mm -hmm. Um, But I managed to get a lot of really great details in there that I've always noticed, like, when when the Falcon lands at Cloud City for the first time and Lando's there uh-huh. and just this perfectly feathered, like almost red hair, yeah, like, it, yeah. it, oh man. So yeah. th- there's a line in there about Lando's hair. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. Managed to do a shout out to uh, Bill Murray's Dalai Lama thing from the Caddyshack about how, uh, uh, oh, I forget how it goes now at the end, but um, uh, oh, I, got, I got that going for me, so that's <laughs> nice, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh man. I didn't even catch that, that's great. I'm a yeah, that's totally well. a Bill Murray, yeah. Uh-huh. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that song turned out really well. It, you know, it kind of burned up the charts on Kids Place Live, and we've just learned how to play that song live too. So um, we played it at the Folklife Festival a couple days ago uh-huh. with members of the Nodids from Seattle okay. guesting on the guitar solo. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, that turned out really well. Nice. I mean, so it's fascinating. Um, learn to play it. I, I think it's interesting with the amount of material that you guys have when you're planning out your live show. There has to be some element of like, well, we haven't played this in a long time. We got to definitely. Yeah, Yeah, we have over 200 songs now, um, and we keep about 40 or so, maybe 45 in, like, instantly playable shape. You know, we just play enough and we, you know, run through songs enough during sound checks, et cetera, that we really could fill two full hour-long sets with songs and still have, you know, more than we need. Um, uh, But, yeah, there's a lot of deeper cuts that, for whatever reason, either never resonated live the way that we wanted them to, um, or songs that used to be set killers, like the absolute core of our sets that just because we have new records, we just started yeah. discontinuing them. You know, yeah. you play a song 500 times live and it's like, eh, go I to sleep. We, you're you're all done now. I think we did that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Orlando was one, um, you know, a lot of our records, you know, we, we learn how, or a lot of our songs, we learn how to play in the studio. Like we've demoed it. We've practiced once or twice, but what you're hearing on record is the process of us actually taking the snapshot of building it from scratch right there. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, we're usually so busy playing shows that we just kind of leave it there for a while. Right. And then we have to calculatedly go back and learn how to imitate our own band to play it live, you know? <laughs> You're covering yourself. That's great. Yeah, it's, it's totally true. It's totally uh-huh. true, yeah. Huh. 
So you, you have a relationship with Kids Place Live. In addition to burning up the charts, you are uh, an on-air personality. Is that correct? I am, yeah. So I've hosted a show called Live from the Monkey House for uh, about three and a half years now. Uh-huh. Um, my predecessor, Robbie Schaefer, also a kids musician, had a show for a number of years, from I think maybe 10 years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and he ended up starting a nonprofit to bring music to third world cities um, and uh, uh, you know, create partnerships with the United States and other places. So, you know, he had very high aspirations, but it left a hole in their schedule. Um, and we'd been uh, featured on Kids Place Live for a number of years um, as musicians. We'd done a few guest hostings. So Mindy and Kenny, the other two on-air hosts on Kids Place Live, reached out to me and asked if I'd be interested. And we figured out technically how to do it. I'm sitting in the room right now where I do the show. Um, yeah, uh, so it's a killer job because I get to do it from home. Um, yeah. And it's a lot of what I miss about teaching. I get to talk with kids about purely creative things. You know, there are no aspirational things. We're not looking for growth during this conversation. We're not, I'm not going to have to have a parent teacher conference about it later on. Like we just get to celebrate funny ideas, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so it's, it's really fun. I feel like I'm, I got a foot back in the classroom now because I'm doing this. That's great. So new album, June 17th. Yeah. Novelties. Uh, uh-huh. Available on Amazon. Will it be available Apple Music and things like that as well? No. Exclusive. Yeah, it's an exclusive. So I have a copy of it here. I guess uh-huh. this is going to be an audio podcast. So the fact right. that I'm holding this up mean, makes no difference to anyone. But well, but there it is. I, I think I can describe it in a way that's going to make everybody happy because it, that looks to me like an ice cream truck. It does. Oh, yep. nice. Yeah, we uh, we retrofitted an old good humor ice cream truck with Recess Monkey branding. So, <laughs> and we're actually we're working on building a cargo bike, uh, turning a cargo bike into a roving ice cream truck that we can bring to our shows and ride it around. Oh, oh, so we'll see how that goes. Oh man. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is really interesting. Um, there have been two other kids artists who have uh, gotten into this arrangement with Amazon Music. It's great. Um, uh, the Pop Ups from Brooklyn, who are an unbelievably killer band, they're so good, um, and Lisa. Loeb from the 90s, uh, oh, yeah. who is still making great music, and she's made a couple kids' records and just put another one out. Mm-hmm. Um, but Amazon Music has been tremendous. They're here in Seattle where we live, so that's a really nice connection. Mm-hmm. And they've been so artist-centric, really supportive of what we've done, and are really just trying to um, you know, help us get our music to people who maybe weren't aware that there is indie music being made for kids. Um, even though I think about this all the time, obviously, in a band and also on a radio channel on Sirius XM that plays a lot of indie kids music, there are a lot of people out there who don't know it. Um, and you're spreading the good word, too, so thank you. Well, of course. No problem. Um, so how can, how can listeners connect with you, check out your stuff, get to know you and, and the Recess Monkey crew a little bit better? Yeah, uh, go to recessmonkey.com, and uh, there are links there to uh, the pre-order and uh, a stream of our song, Time to Make the Donuts, from the new record. Um, We have a ton of music videos. We've made about 50 music videos all up for free on YouTube. You can stream any of our records, um, and there's even a little bio information about us right there, too, (laughs) and all the places that we're playing. We're going on a a fairly extensive summer tour uh, this summer, so we'll be all around the country um, and playing a ton around here in the greater Seattle area. Great. Yes, yeah, Seattle is the uh, is the hotbed for for amazing kids' music these days, and Recess Monkey plays a large part in that. So, Jack, I, I can't thank you enough for for taking. Thanks, the time Mike. It's great. To, it's great to talk to you, man. I really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, it was really fun. Really amazing. Um, so, good luck with the record release, and I hope everything goes great. And if you're in the Bay Area, I would love to see you. We'll come. Oh see man. You. So come okay. Down. Okay, we're gonna work on it. <laughs> okay. Cool. All right. Talk to you soon. 
I had such an awesome time talking to Jack. I hope you check out Recess Monkey's new album, Novelties, on Amazon Music. And check out their back catalog, too. They're doing great stuff. Thanks to Jack again for making time for me. Thanks to Uncle D and Auntie C for talking with me. Hope you all are having a great start to your summer. Hope you had a great Father's Day. For anything and everything that you could possibly need that's Good Stuff Kids podcast related, you can check out goodstuffpod.com. Of course, if you're feeling generous and want to give me a Father's Day present, you'll go to iTunes and subscribe and rate and comment. Have a great week and we'll talk to you very, very soon. Good stuff.